Hello and welcome to another edition of Tom and Jack having the crack. No Tom today, but Francis Keaton filling in instead of him. How are you, Francis? Woo! <laughs> and we have a fabulous guest today. We have the wonderful Dane Buckley. Hi! Yay, we love Dane. We love Dane. We're here to find out all about Dane. So, Dane, let's get to the start of it. When were you born and where were you born? <laughs> That, <laughs> that is none of your business. Okay. I'm unable to legally confirm my age. Um, but really? I was born in a region of London in a time frame that will say the lower the lower nineties. You're the lower nineties. I've seen a Wikipedia page of forty six. The main takeaway from that is that you've got a Wikipedia page. He's a big deal, guys. Big deal. You've got a Wikipedia page. I don't no, know. She's lying. She's lying. <laughs> But we'll forgive her because she'll be dead later. So. Yeah. <laughs> but he is 46. So when... when I did, don't know how old I am. 40, okay. It, I don't think it, it don't think matters. Whoa. I don't think it matters. I don't know. I think he could be in his I 30s. I can't remember. No, I'm, I'm 33. Lovely. Anyway, it's I not important. I have a feeling that I, you told me your age before and I remember thinking you looked a lot younger than... 33. You're 33. Yes. Oh, fuck. No, I got that wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to deny this. It's an age. I can't remember the age, but is age really important? No. Society? No. Okay, there we go. No. So, no. where were you born? Was it Ireland? No, Harrow. Oh. So, yeah. You've really done your research, haven't you? Oh, great. <laughs> Wikipedia I wrote page. the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I'll have you know. It's the all wrong. Page. She did, to be fair. And she did my only fan, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Harrow, which is near Wembley, northwest London. Northwest London, very good. And um, when did you first get into show business or any kind of performing or. The day I was born. I don't doubt I, it. I, yeah, I don't I doubt it. Coming out too. of his mum's vagina with jazz hands, which was so <laughs> painful. I was there. So painful. <laughs> she still reminds me. She needed the stitching after, you know. But uh, um, I did adverts when I was young. So I think, I think mixed race kids were a little rarer in the 90s. And um, we were quite popular, like tanned kids, me and my sister with green eyes. So we do a lot of adverts together, like Mother Care, Corn Flakes, Rice Krispies. You're kidding me. No, no, that kind of thing. I mean, these are big brands. These are phenomenal. I'm looking to do a deal again with the cereal companies. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) And you do have beautiful green eyes. Oh, thank you. It's been noted. Uh, But I did have a speech impediment, so some of them they dubbed, which was hilarious. How bad do you have to be to dub Snap, Crack or Pop? You know, you had to say snap, crack, pie. Well, that's my favourite start to the day. <laughs> I dub that. I'm not going to lie, Dane. I don't think you're s- you're nailing it even today. One more time. <clears throat> snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> okay, okay, good. No, that's good. That was you, better. You were, I've probably seen you then. We've probably all seen. I you, wasn't really. alive in those days. <laughs> <laughs> they barely had cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are some like sketches of me somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> I can't find any of the adverts we were looking. I know they went out oh. to Denmark a lot, which is appropriate, Dane, but I can't. Oh, love Snoop Crickle Poop was Danish for Snap Crackle Pop. And did you, you did it in that <laughs> accent too. And how did you overcome your speech in impediment? Through Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she had some great videos. <laughs> no speech therapy. Really, yeah. yeah. I used to silly sausages, sizzle in the sand, all of those kind of things, uh, exercises, and to sing. But I remember my speech therapist had a really bad speech impediment. What? Yeah. She's okay. like, Dane, sing. If you sing, you'll get over your speech impediment. I used to be like, um, can I see your certificate? <laughs> oh. That is ludicrous. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, my God. Unless but, she was just pretending to try and make you feel better. I don't think she was, but Maybe it kind of worked. Yeah. You rise above. You rise above. Yeah. And I used yeah. to sing. I used to be like, okay. Hmm. So, but my school had a list of 
words I was saying because all the time the, nu the nuns would ring my mum and be like, he's swearing again. He's like, no, he didn't say where's his fucking shoe. He said, where's his dock and do, his sock and shoe. Aww. So there was always like these weird kind of okay, yeah. issues at school. But it is quite common with kids that don't go to nursery and spend a lot of time with the parent. Really? Like in terms of attachment, yeah. It is quite common they have a speech delay. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. Do but you now you wouldn't, no. you wouldn't have no. a clue. Like, Do you still do vocal warm-ups before you go on stage? I do to sing, because I want to get that high Oh, note. yeah, because you do sing in your yeah. in your set. But there's nothing more ridiculous than being in a green room with comedians. Just be like, excuse me for a minute, excuse me. La! You know, like, it's so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, well... Get used so, to it. I well, mean, I, I've seen other comedians do oh, really? weirder stuff. Yeah, I do it on the way to a gig. Slaughter. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you play top Richard. secret. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not naming names, but ritual animal Joshua slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do it on the way to the gig normally. Sometimes I actually have a really good tip. I put on my, um, <laughs> I put on my uh, headphones and the mic. And I pretend I'm talking to someone on the phone. So if I'm walking down the road, yes. it doesn't look uh, like I'm batshit crazy if I'm going through my set. I've done that before yeah. on the way to an audition, yeah. Right. Mm. It can backfire, though, because I was once on a train and this woman said, excuse me, can I ask what network you're with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be getting coverage in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Gif gaff is really quite good, actually. So, But yeah, I do beforehand. Oh, that's amazing. Which was your favourite advert to film? I remember... A mother care one. I hated doing it, and I'd only do it for chocolate. That was my demand. Mm -hmm. That was my rider. You had a rider. I had a rider. Also, you would have had a little bank account, wouldn't you, with your with all your money going in? Well, Rachel even to this bit. day, I'm like, where's my muddling money, mother? Mm. And she kind of she says, you're alive. That's where it is. <laughs> I brought you up on my own, and you had things. That's where it is. Okay. I admire that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think do. that's amazing. Yeah. And also, I've got these cute pictures now. I think one of them is on my Insta profile. So yeah, I've awesome. seen it. Yeah. And what was it enjoy? Was it enjoyable? Did people recognise you? you? I'd say you must have loved that, though, didn't it? I do remember like there being a massive display in a shop that was called CNA, and mm. it's still in France, I think that shop. Mm -hmm. Massive display. My mum, massive poster of uh, me and my sister, I think, by a milkshake like this, and my mum wanted the poster, and security tried to stop her taking the poster, and she. It was like a cardboard display, and it was massive, massive. It was like six foot by six foot. And we have it at home, or we had it at home, but there's a massive rip in it where, like, the security guard was pulling it from my mum and my auntie and, like, ripped down the middle. So we've got half of it at home. We've got my sister. But, yeah, you weren't given the stuff, obviously. Oh, my God, that's and, brutal. And security didn't I believe. suppose that was good for your ego, though, that you didn't have to be faced with a six-by-six six photo of yourself. Yeah, well, I would have liked that, but also... Well, I'm exactly, like, but it's too big already. Honestly, <laughs> I'd just like to say that for the listeners and the viewers, I, I came on this podcast fully expecting it to be me as a guest. Turns out I'm now one of the co-hosts, and no, it's all about Dave. Oh. And I love that. I'm just saying that, thank God he didn't have a six-by-six six photo of himself, because who knows what would have happened. You'd have to have a fucking marching band coming in here. To but I found stuff. it now. Pull back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no. nice of you to say, but it is all about me today. So yeah. that is right, actually. So what happened after the... Um, sorry, I'm taking over now because what it's else? Fine. No, what else absolutely. Do do? No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what came after the modelling, Dane? The modelling, um, school, silence, uh, some backing Madonna dancing, just in the playground, you know, for, uh, for pennies. Okay. Yeah. Went to school. I, people think I have a theatrical background, but I never went. I wasn't into acting. I wasn't into any of that. I think I wanted to be a singer-songwriter in the uh, in like the early noughties, but 
I just went for therapy instead. It's far cheaper, less disappointing, you know? That is so good. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I wish that I'd done that instead. And I had an amazing therapist. He used to quote Madonna. I remember once he said, Dane, to quote Madonna, express yourself, don't repress yourself. And I was like, this man, I have found my spirit guide. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Did your therapist show similar signs as your speech therapist and sometimes just seem Sing. really unhinged? Oh, no, but like <laughs> unhinged. And you're like, I don't think that you should be <laughs> therapizing me. Just coming out with like ticks and stuff. And Great callback, Francis. Um, no, oh, no, you. he didn't, luckily. Mm. So why, why did you go to therapy? Why did you decide to go to... I think everyone could do with therapy, to be honest. I think it's really important. And I think, like, in the world we live in today, but especially gay men, like, or, or anyone that's a bit different, you know, like, right. I think, like, some of us have, like, some internal stuff we need to work on. Like, society hates us, religion hates us, politics hates us, especially in the time I grew up in with, mm. like, Section 28 and stuff, where you couldn't even legally speak about being gay in school. And I think you have to work through some stuff, especially then when it comes to relationships. Am I enough? Am I too much? Am I this? Am I that? Will they like me? And you need like a toolbox of tools to work with that and to navigate. That's how I always looked at it. And like little tips, like um, I used to be like, yeah, but what if the person I'm dating thinks this, this, this? And my therapist would say, but what if the opposite's true? What if he thinks you're great and that was a great weekend and he's looking forward to it? And I used to be like, oh, good move, bitch. Good move. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I yeah. think you do need a toolbox of like things to navigate life and especially now with like Insta and socials and, oh and comedy. Oh, and I, know. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend it for everyone. I think, you know, the way in America, part of their curriculum is to do driving lessons. Like you do GCSE driving. Yeah. I think we should have like GCSE therapy. Like everyone goes to therapy for once a week you know, yeah, for a few years, your yeah. formative years. Yeah. That will be the new GCSE therapy yeah. coding. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it could go too much the other way, though, couldn't it? Like, hi, um, <laughs> I wasn't sure what ice cream to get. I'm going to need. Yeah, no, you do hear really ridiculous conversations with Gen Z people like sitting next to you sometimes where they're just saying all these like buzzwords. Yeah. Like when you said that to me and my friends, that was really yeah. toxic. And I'm yeah. just like, guys, come on, lighten well, up. Back in the 90s. On that, I've had someone say to me after a gig, excuse me, I didn't really feel comfortable you doing an Indian accent. Oh, God. And I'm like, um, do you mean my nan's accent? Like, literally the accent I was brought up with. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with a colonizer actually coming to me to say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, 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 my that, God. I, I love to Ooh, say sure. that. To get she back in the, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of course she was. What? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I love to say that back to get in their head. But you like, also say that you're half Indian in your set. Absolutely. She wasn't listening. Yeah. She just perked up for the Indian accent. If anything, she was into it. <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah, so anyway, but, but in terms of my journey, yeah, high school, college, uni. Um, but I came to comedy kind of late. I, I only started comedy. I'm in my 12th month. The end of this month, it's a year. Astonishing. Absolutely yeah. astonishing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the rise of this man. Yeah, but I, I feel I feel though you have to have you know this thing. What's it about? Is it is it the bamboo? Is oh it the yeah, bamboo, the bamboo. Um, I've no idea what you're talking. So about. there's a thing about the bamboo that basically oh. it does a lot of growing and developing under the soil, and then it shoots up really quickly. But actually, it's been growing for quite a long time oh. out of sight. And I feel with you, there's a bit of that, like because I I just when I watch you perform, it's like there's no way you haven't done stuff previous yeah. to this that has helped you with it yeah. because you, you're not anxious on stage. You look very calm on stage. Mm. I'm not nervous. I'm not anxious. Yeah. I'm really happy to be there and I'm, I'm having so much fun. Like I, you, you'll hear me on stage always laugh at my own jokes. Yeah. But I've never really performed before but I think like 15 years of working in like the social work field running a day centre for 200 Irish pensioners running youth projects all of that 
I can cope with any situation, any behavior. If someone was on the front screaming and ripping up a pineapple, I would know exactly how to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? If they needed, if someone had wet themselves in the back row, I'd know exactly how to deal with that. So you're used to standing in a room addressing a couple yep. of hundred people. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's it yeah. then. That, because you see it at the start. Uh, you, you had done acting beforehand, hadn't you? Yeah. I had done a, a little bit of acting, but you see it at the start because you see people who, they've, they've got two things going on. They're trying to be funny, but they're also trying to deal with the, this, yeah. the weirdness of standing yeah. in front of a room, yeah. which takes time to acclimatise. Mm. Do you get nervous on stage? Yeah, I still get very, I still get quite nervous. Yeah, there's sometimes I don't, but I, I don't think I've got to the level where I, I'm fully comfortable with it. It doesn't show, though. You seem really... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I haven't got to the like. I, I sometimes I do, sometimes I don't yeah. like. But I definitely have some yeah. nerves, and I, I would use, I use energy a lot to yeah. create a smoke screen. That's because you just stroll on. Yeah, yeah. You just chat, you know. I would say strut on. Strut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Yeah, I think you have to protect yourself, and I do definitely use some of my therapeutic tools. And actually, I do like a, a shielding exercise before I go on. I oh, do really? like I do like this kind of power meditation and quickly shield myself, and um, I remember all the different scenarios. Like I remember me bringing sixty Irish pensioners to Paris and the crack we had, and I spin that memory into like light and run it up me like a shield. All the good times, the good things I've done, the happiness, because a lot in my life people have said I'm a tonic to them, and that's good if I'm yeah, working yeah, in the work yeah, I yeah. do. Like I run a, a service for people who are terminally ill, and I want to bring solace to them of some type. Um, I used to um, run that service and I want to be a tonic for people. And I think that's now stepped over into comedy. I always like writing and I just had so much fun. I mean, you guys know it's the best drug in the world to have 200 people laughing hysterically at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> because of your comedy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not discuss that orgy where we met. No, but what a night. Um, I, I am interested in this thing that used to run, but just because I'm a stickler for details chronologically. Um, so Sorry. after the, the modeling, school, Madonna, therapy, Life. then what? Life. Um, had a husky for 10 years. Did okay, that. a husky, a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Food, travel. My parents are hippies, so they moved around a lot. They lived oh. in Oz for 10 years, and I'd go and visit them. Now they live in Thailand. I'd go to Ireland a lot, I'd go to America a lot, and just living life. And then one day I was like, girl, girl, what about all these dreams you have in the back of your head that you want to do? This Dawson's Creek is great TV show. This pizza is lovely. But however, aren't you going to get back onto the road of all these dreams you want to do? And something just turned in me. And um, when I turned 30, <clears throat> I thought, <laughs> I thought now is the time. And I suddenly, I was bitten and I was like, do it, do this, do this. You're, you're young enough to do it. You always wanted to do it, but you've got the confidence to do it. You've got the life skills. Everything's led to this, I think, you know, because I did my master's mm. in writing and it was quite, like historical fiction it's quite heavy and good in terms of like a world building but it was very intense and I, I come to a crossroad and I was speaking to agents and I got different funding for things and I thought do I want to do all this writing and you can be a writer at any age in fact most people retire and do it create these worlds or while I've got my personality still and the energy to get out there and work and, and whore on this comedy scene, do I want to go with that? And I thought, I want to go with that, actually. I can come back to writing. Wow. But my writing ho holds me in good stead. Like some judges and competitions have said, like, they enjoy my word smithery, how I put phrases together, how I do, how I use language and stuff. And that definitely comes from like. So you, you, you're talking about writing novels here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And what, what did you do to Masters in? Writing. Writing. But yeah, so Have I you had some bits published, yeah. Okay, so right, one bit that I did quite well with is uh, loosely based on my nan is called The Last Empress of Calcutta. Um, just about 
my nan's a Christian Indian and they had to leave India quite, quite quickly as empire was destroyed. Um, and that's quite a really good backdrop for writing. And suddenly she was coming from India to the UK where she was a foreigner and, and stuff like that. However, I'm lazy and historical fiction requires hours and hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I will come back to that world and I love that world, but I took my nan on tour. I pulled my nan into my comedy and that's like my most popular section I'd say now. So, yeah. I think <clears throat> I think I speak for everyone listening um, when I say that your talent is sickening. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it no, there's some areas. It, Me and maths, I still count on my fingers. It's quite interesting you say about the, the when you're older and your person because Graham Norton is writing novels now and I've yes. read a couple of them yeah. and they're they're really good, like really yeah. good. But also it's not based on the individual, the ego as much, is it? You're, you, so, you write a book and then you send it out. Yeah. That's different from being on stage and selling yourself, you know? And he, he I, I seen where he said that he couldn't imagine when he was younger staying in to write the book. Mm. But now he quite likes to stay yeah. in. So you, it's a good decision to, is, to yeah. do this now and do yeah. it. Imagine, imagine you did it the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolled out the J.K. Rowling's going out at <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comedy Virgins. <laughs> You'll need to speech therapy. <laughs> um, the thing is, then basically I thought, okay, how do I get into this? I listened to every audiobook there was. I can read, but I'm a busy girl, so, so I need to listen to the audiobooks on the train. <laughs> every audiobook of every comedian ev ever. And I thought, I'm going to do a course. That's a nice way in. Because my friends have been telling me for 15, uh, 10 years, write that down, write that down. That would be so good. And I was like, guys, me doing an impression of my auntie in the kitchen is funny for me and you, but it's not going to work. Yeah. And then I thought, let me do a course and learn. So a safe environment. So I signed up to the Comedy Stores course. And uh, Mike uh, in March by Mike Gunn. Mike Gunn, yeah. okay. And the next day, COVID destroyed the country. And lockdown happened, so the course was cancelled. So I had then 18 months at home, and I was writing down everything and categorising it. So I had these sheets on my computer, and they'd have a topic at the top, being Irish, being Indian, being fat, uh, running a day centre, uh, dick jokes, openers, closers, hecklers, uh, sidebar. Like, I was born to deal with hecklers. Like, I'm from a council estate. I went to a really uh, rough school. And every day they would start on me because I'm unapologetic about who I am. And I've got a lot of pride. So I'd give it back to them. But obviously, yeah. then you have to run. If you've got someone saying, you're queer. And I'm like, I am because I was with your mum last night. So you give it back to them. But then you need to run because there's 10 of them. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. But that training in terms of hecklers, I love a heckler. Yeah, no, I, I am so jealous of the way you deal with hecklers. And it makes me wish that I was bullied more at school. You <laughs> come up to me and you said to me, she saw me for what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Francis come up to me and said, you were bullied as a kid, weren't you? And I was like, oh my God, scene. Yeah, because Very you can just insightful. see quick fire, quick fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. So, um, I, yeah, I was writing all these things. And so I had time to kind of marinate and stuff and read audiobooks, listen to audiobooks, write out sets of what my kind of narrative would be. And my first five minutes is really story like where do my people come from? Who am I? School, work, dating, goodbye. So it's, a, it's an arc, mm. isn't it? Um, it's a story arc. Um, and so then September came around, October. 2021, exactly a year ago, came around and I, I signed up to the course. I did the course and I was like terrified. Well, my version of terrified, which is be five minutes late and come with a pumpkin latte, you know, <laughs> I won't show the enemy the, my weaknesses, you know, and that's the thing. You have to fake it. You smile if you're scared. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but I turned up the course, did the course, absolutely loved it. And I was so relieved. The first week we had to do two minutes in front of people just off the cuff. And I really enjoyed it and it landed and Mike liked it. 
and um, I, I was funny in front of people. I was so happy. Although what I will say, and it was a big lesson, Mike was like, calm down with this storytelling. That joke that was two and a half minutes long needs yeah. to be one joke. And literally it went like this. I'm Dane, I'm Irish, and I'm Indian, and this is a wrist talk, and it's really, really nice. It's a wrist talk, and it represents Celtic heritage because the Celts had talks. And these are stacking bangles. It's a traditional Indian thing because your dowry is showed by your wealth. And sometimes when they move, they remind me of my nan moving her arms, rolling up the dough for Japati. And I really wish I thought that through because that's my wanking hat. <laughs> now, that now has become, I wear these uh, stacking bangles, to honor my nan, the sound they make remind me of her. I wish I thought that through because that's my wanking hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the yeah. difference in that, I was like, girl, mm. of course. But I'd rather write so much and have to edit down than the other way, you know? Yeah. Word economy. Yeah, and I think with that, you can <laughs> you can do it the second way in the club and you can do it the other way in an Edinburgh show. But it's good to get to the funny. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Now, and I'm like, get to the funny. Yeah, yeah. We only have minutes. And I think then, so I did the course and then I just, early on, I got bitten by this bug to do competitions and gong shows. And I think it really shaped my set because I, well, you have to get rid of all the fillers. Yeah, you know what I mean? You've got to get rid of all those yeah. breadcrumbs in your sausage, Francis. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know why, why, I don't know why. I don't understand the metaphor. the breadcrumbs in your sausage. I didn't bring it, I, I don't know what you mean. I assumed you had a dick, I was wrong. <laughs> oh, it's my, it's my pantomime uh, principal boy energy. No, I get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People say I have big dick energy on stage. You do. You do. You and do. off stage. I've seen you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You're pegging. The pant- yeah. have, you done the lead, have you done the lead boy in a pantomime? Yeah. I could see that. Thank oh God, you. That's great. Peter you Pan or something. about that on your podcast. We're currently on mine. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's so easy because we, we don't even need to signpost it. He is fully on a monologue, right? I, I love it. Carry I, on. It is, Carry on. It is very I'm good. I'm just working though. on my listening, good, like acting, in case any casting directors are out there. Yeah. Great. Start that now. Carry on again. I do love you. I love you too. Um, and I think that shaped my set. That's why it's, it's, I think it's quite punchy. There's quite a good, uh, there's joke after joke after joke, but I've had to filter that. I've had to filter out the sand. Yeah. Um, and I think the gong shows have helped that. The competitions have helped that. Uh, I think the gong shows are amazing for that. And I think that's why they yeah. have them. Yeah. But not they, for everyone. They're but not for everyone. But, uh, but like, this, I think they are for everyone because I think yeah. the big thing to do is, because I remember people always say this type of act as well, the gong show, this, and it's not, it's, it's, getting quick to the punchlines it does well every different yeah. type of act does well there but you have to get to the punchlines quick you do and also like I'm also aware that a lot of young people like send me messages being like oh, you've done well at the gongs I want to do the gong shows you have to still emotionally be ready for that room like you yeah, have to be prepared yeah. to be at 12 o'clock in Covent Garden 12am and to handle a room that smells and sounds like that me myself a room full of aggressive toxically masculine men from Watford <laughs> makes me wet <laughs> I love it I get ladywood do you know what I mean but I can see why someone <laughs> I'm like challenging he gets ladywood and I've got the sausage oh, what is God. happening our child would be no. I love it I love that challenge and I do I was speaking to my friend about this I think there's something in that about being a queer person and getting revenge because really what's happening I think therapeutically is you're my school bullies I'm getting the power back you have the power yeah, yeah. I'm getting used back I'm owning this um, and I love that. I mean, I do have rules within that. I'll only start on someone that starts on me. And it's just worked out that it's usually a middle-aged white man with an opinion. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love that. But also some of the hecklers, are they're dancing. It's fun. The first time I did Top Secret, I came on and went, hi, I'm a gay. A lad put up his card and the whole room went, boo. 
And I went, homophobe. I said, I tell you who wasn't a homophobe, your dad last night. Yes. Oh. yes. He loved it. He loved it. And I knew he wasn't doing it. He was doing it from being cheeky and funny. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, really. yeah. And I know that because afterwards when I went up to him, he ran a mile. I said, come back here. And uh, he come back and we had a little hug and we, and um, you know, we had a chat. So some of it's also a banter. It's a deal. It, like yeah. they're paying their money. They want to see entertainment. Mm. So and a gay can bring that sometimes, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But so I love that dance. But therapeutically, I think there's something else happening there for me. I think I'm, I'm, I'm. Someone called me. <laughs> fan called me. Fucking <laughs> uh, hell. An alpha puff. Yes. Which also is going to be the name of my fragrance when it comes. Well, out. I was going to say it sounds like one of the cereal brands that you should have been uh, modelling for when alpha you were younger. <laughs> and milk is pink already. <laughs> <laughs> That's there is, why has no one made a gay cereal? Is there a gay cereal? Uh, gay what? cereal? Yeah, oh yes, Alpha do? Puff. Um, but Alpha Puff, and I was like, what do you mean? Crunchy nut, like copyright. <laughs> TNT? Puff. No, it's TM. TNT. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, and I said, what do you mean by that? They're like, you're so gay, you're so gay. You're so okay. Yeah, let's get on to the next point. You're so gay, but you're so comfortable with it, and I feel like you just wouldn't take any shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I really, do, I w really wouldn't. I feel like that's where my Irish genes come in. I was like, what did you say to me? Like my rebel core, border county cavern blood comes in, and I think, mm -mm, I've got something to say to you actually. Yeah. And on behalf of others as well, like standing up for people and stuff like that, I feel that comes in. But I would say the gongs for me have just been the making of me. They helped shape my set. They've helped because you win a set, then you win a set at the club. Yeah. You no, know, I won Top Secret. I got to play it four times on the back of that, which is good. I got money. I got got some great videos out of it. And then other people saw that. Then other people saw that. I will say the first time I did, I've only done King Gong once and I didn't know what it was. And then when I arrived and saw what it was, smelt what it was and saw how wild they were being, they heckled the MC, they carded the MC, Ooh. they threw up some, they threw a person up on stage. And part of me was like, this is next level, but I secretly love it and I want to claim it for my people. Um, and I think coming to it from there was a good thing and I, I won it and I loved it. And the banter I had to and from was really good with, with the lads in the audience. And I kind of spoke with them afterwards and they all said the same thing, you can hold your own against me. And yeah, I think that yeah. is that laddish rivalry. And I come into that in like a weird queer way. God, I fucking hate that though. Why do they feel like they've been nominated to be that person that someone has to have their own hold their own with? <laughs> I know, yeah, that that is interesting. But also, they voted for me, so let's not go there. Well, <laughs> it makes me mad. No, and it is much harder for women. I've seen right. that absolutely. Yeah. I've seen it. I mean, because the women feel... that do smash it though are legends. But I just feel like sometimes the room's already against them. Yeah, it's like the men they hear a female voice and they're attuned to be like, this isn't worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of how good your writing is, regardless yeah. of how quick those punchlines. Are. But also some of the women in the audience aren't all supportive yeah. of Yeah, oh god. Well yeah. that can, yeah, that that can, can often be the case. But yeah. at the same time, we're talking about a gong competition. So I've seen people do well that A, don't speak. A guy did three minutes by not speaking. Silence. Also a guy with a puppet and he forgot the concept that even though he's got a puppet, it's his mouth that still needs to be near the mic, not the puppet's. Okay. I was there for that. And everyone was like, um, use the mic. And he was like, I am. It was like, no, but he lasted three minutes, so. But wow. certainly at King Gong, there's sometimes the audience can do a thing where they'll, they'll let an act go for a long time because, oh. because they're so bad. And, and oh. then they'll gong them off just before the end. So they sometimes play like they're. I've seen the, four minutes 59. Yeah, yeah. The they, they play with people like. They do. You but know. they do like sassy. And I do think there's a unique position for a gay man. The bottom line is, if you said, if you dealt with some of the hecklers the way I do, they would 
maybe want to fight you, they'd feel a bit threatened. Right. And I think if a woman did it as well, they'd definitely, oh, my masculinity, I'm feeling threatened. But I think they're not really threatened by me. And there's a play, there's a bum joke play. You know, I've said before like, on, on things, I'd be like, if you don't shut up, I will come down there and I will shut you up with my cock. Do you know what I mean? That kind of like, oh, oh, and that kind of thing. There's that mm. weird camaraderie, and I don't know where it, or what it comes from, but it is quite playground laddish behavior. Oh my God, Buckley wants to bum me or something. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic, but yeah. it's one of the tools I use. I if think they like it. They secretly like the idea of having yeah. sex with you. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> Grinder would suggest that's true, actually. <laughs> I, um, I had a heckler the other day, and I said, Is anyone on a date here? And she went, Your mum. And, uh, and I like laid into her and I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you say that? My mum's yeah. happily married, all of this. And then at the end she came up to me and she was like, I'm so sorry, I've got Tourette's. Really? Oh, wow. And I, and I just kept replaying everything I'd said, especially uh, what the fuck is wrong with you. Yeah. And yes. um, yeah, it was, it was awful. Anyway, right. I spoke to my mum, turns out she wasn't a date, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did she not? I don't know, she's psychic. I, <laughs> I think all, all people with Tourette's are psychic. And I think that that is, Magically proven. But don't you have a story about? I'm sure I've heard you tell a story about someone that heckled you, and later on they were so apologetic oh. that they could come to one of your gigs. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to go. He he just talked non-stop. Short version, please. This is my. Yeah, time. he talked. <laughs> he talked non-stop. <laughs> should have said, and and I, I ignored him. I I was just like he wasn't saying anything to me, yeah. and then eventually it just got to a bit where it was becoming like half the room were looking at him, not looking at me. So yeah. I just had to confront him. But he he did come up to me at the break and he said he pulled out his phone and he said, "Listen, I'm so sorry. I'd never been to a comedy night before. I didn't realise." And he goes, he pulled out his calendar. And he goes, "Where are you performing next? I'll come and support you." Aww, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, no, I was like, no. I think I was some like, people are used to watching TV and yeah. speaking, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. I, the first gig I did outside of London, I did it in Essex, and I came on and said, "Hi, I'm a gay." And like ten lads in the front went, "Prove it." I was yeah. like, oh my God, I didn't think that coming. And I was like, Han, you've bought the pictures online. You know exactly what my cock looks ah. like. You've played with them, which I loved. But people don't realise, do they? They just... You never know. Too. Sometimes yeah. there could be just someone who... Something's bad's gone yeah. on. And it's like kind of road rage, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like well, gladiators. Like, they, yeah. want they want blood. They want blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not yeah. comedy, and that's what I remind people. It's gong. But anyway, I did the gongs. I did the competitions, and that, that helped. And I, yeah, I just kind of was out there, and I... I think, um, you know, I'm Irish, I'm Indian, I'm gay, I'm a, a bigger guy and I play on all of that. I love self-deprecation because if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? And also then I'm not really offending that many other people. I'm just doing it to myself and I can handle it. But also sometimes you get people saying, oh, don't be mean to yourself. But my self-deprecation is so um, exaggerated. Mm. When I say I'm so fat that from the other side of the road I look like a happy lesbian couple. <laughs> now, Such a good life. <laughs> obviously I don't. Yeah. It's playing on something, isn't it? I, I'm okay, hun. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take that because actually I'm supporting Tom Allen tonight on tour. Yes! <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? And I think it's quite a secure place you come from if you can make fun of yourself. So yeah. Um, that's worked well for me. And this, people have just been so bloody kind. I've been really moved. And if I talk about it too much, I'll pretend to cry. But <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I promised myself I wouldn't. But they have been really kind, really giving, um, and just offering me spots and, and like corporate gigs. And But at the same time, I would say I've I've said no to nothing. Like early on, I was I was 10 gigs in, and the, this lineup changed, and they said, you're going to go on before Russell Howard. Have you done 10 minutes before? Could you do 10 minutes? And I said, oh, many times. <gasps> I'd done five minutes six times, 10 times maybe by then. But you lie. 
Yeah. You lie. And then for the next two weeks, I did 28 gigs trying to get new material. I was knackered, but I was doing like four gigs a night and getting new material, trying new stuff so that I had a vague, roughly held together with sellotape 10 minutes that I could do in front of Russ, I call him now. Um, <laughs> but you know, you lie, you say yes, uh, you you go and do things. That's a long journey, I'll have to pay 30 quid. Do it, hun, do the work. You know, you have to do loads and loads of the gigs. I've done I've done over 140 now. You know what I mean? I've, you've got to hustle. Yeah, but it's still, for the amount of material you have, it's still very few gigs. Like your productivity rate is astonishing. Yeah. Mm, how like, long have you got now? 20 minutes, that's 20 to 25 uh, minutes. So yeah, That's astonishing. And I'm lately, yeah. I'm talking about my work, which is lovely, because I didn't want to, I realized like, oh, I'm, you can get reliant on like the hits or the topics that people want. And I've set myself some challenges now of writing about other stuff. So I've got a lot of story. You can imagine running a day center for 200 Irish yeah. pensioners, you know. Yeah, can we talk about that yeah. when you're finished with this little Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but talking about my other, my other roles, <laughs> and now my new challenge now, and I always set myself little challenges like, right, Dane, now you have to do this or you have to do that. So my new one is get do do a bit of a clean, do a bit of a clean set. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try a clean set. And actually, my foundation of comedy is more silly. So um, uh, French and Saunders, that kind of really silliness. Mm. Uh, like walking on stage and walking right past the mic and going off the other curtain and coming back. That kind of silliness. Physical stuff as well. That's physical, just let you know. Yeah. <laughs> just click. <laughs> no, just like, uh, anyway, um, all of that stuff I really kind of want to have more fun exploring. And I think you've got scope for that in a longer piece. You haven't for five minutes where you have to go, bah, bah, yeah. bah, 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 you know. Mm. Yeah, well, definitely. I, uh, in Edinburgh, you've loads of scope to do all of that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, you can... Yeah. You can really fill in. Yeah. You can mess yeah. around with anything. Yeah. They say, don't yeah. you, that you can turn up with 20 minutes and then you'll end up with 40. 40 yeah. yeah, you can extend. I was really reluctant to do MCing and people said to me, you need to do MCing. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Because sometimes when someone tells me to do something, I want to do the opposite. You know, you can't go up mm. to them and say that. Right, yeah. out of my way. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know what that's about. I guess it's just a damaged person trying to claim back sanity, isn't it? Mm. But, but I did try emceeing then and I absolutely loved it and then I got why people love it like you get to try out lots of material yeah. under this veil of being a host but also to play with the audience yeah, that's my so favourite thing mm. I love the carry on I have with audience members you know I do this thing now where I do ask the audience something about nothing and then I go down into the crowds and do stuff like you know, I sit on a man's lap, but from the back, they don't know it's a man. So I'm like, hello, what's your name? Linda, is it? Oh, that's a very unusual name. <laughs> and then I play with all of that kind of stuff. And they, it goes down really, really well. And I love that teasing and playing. So actually, emceeing and hosting is something I would love to get into. Yeah. And I am I'm doing a night on the 20th of October. Uh, I'm emceeing uh, Proud of Yourself, which is a really great queer night. And um, Rosie Jones is headlining. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Yeah. No, I can definitely see you hosting and like on mm. TV in the future and I'd becoming a national that. treasure. Yeah. Did, did, but maybe not interviewing people. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could yeah, I could see you doing anything. Like, I, I don't think there's anything and, and you, know you when couldn't you, do in show business. For sure. And when, when you are a national treasure, they will find that footage of those adverts that you can't find. Like, they exactly, will yeah. unearth them. Like, do like rest assured. I would like, yeah. lovely to have Adele on the show. Anyway, back to me, Adele. <laughs> My first recipe. Yeah. I remember... <laughs> Lovely to have a barmer here, but um. <laughs> but I think people like that realness. You know what I mean? Like I've been in like green rooms with with kind of famous comics, and you've got people sucking up to them, or also just talking about their theories. Actually, theories. About yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And when I was in the green room with Russell Howard, I was in the corner going, "Would you say that's nutmeg in the falafel they've got?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was not worried about talking about something deep yeah. or anything. I was just being kind of real, and I think people see that. 
and they gravitate towards that. They don't want to talk about their own set or the oh God, that no. one specialist point you mentioned about their set. No, but I suppose it, when it, you have you're very comfortable in yourself, and I think that thanks to therapy. But that <laughs> I think that's something that people are always drawn to. Yeah, do you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Because it's sort of like people are drawn. They're like everyone wants to be comfortable in themselves. So when they yeah. see it, they're like, "What's yeah. you know?" They're like, "I need to talk to that person." Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I try to do a lot of like my mum's kind of a hippie, and I grew up with a family that like. You lang, you lang, and whale music will solve everything. But it was a very open family, and we talk a lot about well-being. But also, like, we're not religious, but we're a bit spiritual. And I do like dream journeying and shielding and stuff like that. And I'm also like nice to myself now. Yeah. I wasn't always, and I think thanks to therapy, that's one of the toolkits I use. I try and be a bit nice to myself and allow yeah. myself. You know, after you do a gig, I'm sometimes like, oh, this was terrible. This was terrible. They hated this. They hated this. And using my therapeutic technique for my therapist, what if they liked it? Yeah. What if those two people that just followed you and, and sent you a lovely message, what if that's okay and that's true? Isn't it okay that they liked it? So um, I'm going to start doing that. So yeah, yeah you do. Seem <laughs> that sounds nice amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's important. And I'd rather be like this than like an ego. You know, you, we meet those people that yeah. are like, I smashed it tonight, guys. I'm always like, do we say I smashed it off ourselves, or does someone say that about us, but darling? Yeah, you know, yeah. you do get egos on the circuit, but I think me myself, I. I think it's quite an Irish quality to be like, yeah. am I enough? Did I do enough? Is this, you know? Yeah, well, you're like, for all you've achieved and such, your ego is very in check because mine would be fucking... I have rich. an Irish mother, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> well, I have an Irish mom too now. I used to... <laughs> now? Uh, no, I, I have one as well. I used to do a joke about her t about my mother. This would be a very Irish thing. Like, I used yeah. to joke that if I was ever on Live at the Apollo or something, my mother would definitely ring me up and go, why did you wear that jumper? For absolutely. God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Could you not addressed up for the cameras? Why do you think of that? The jokes don't talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I have friends who would line yeah. up to keep me grounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and I'd want to be actually. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. If I am to interact with my fan base, the muggles, I would want to be down to earth and grounded. You know? Yeah. But no, it's important. It's, and people see through that. Like, you want to be genuine, you want to be real. I, I, I have people say to me sometimes, you're just like your character on stage. <laughs> I'm like, um, it's me. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. It's me. That's but then I know what they mean because I've yeah. been in green rooms where the comedians are completely different when they come off. Yeah. I'm the only one talking to people uh, and they're like a little bit introvert and like in their own world, which is understandable. But I do feel some comedians, they channel up the comedian when they get on stage. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's because you're so new to it? Like a, like a puppy, like a very talented puppy. Um, but then they are just quite jaded and they're like, oh, I've been there. I've been that energetic little bean. Um, I think some new comedians have an idea, go into it with an idea of who they want to be or be like. Right. Or be hot. I've seen that. And the thing is, don't worry about how your presence is and if you come across and if people like that. Like, be vulnerable, be ugly. Sometimes you have to be prepared to do that. But I don't think it's, for me, it's, I don't think it's about being new. I just think it's, um, there's that saying in Irish, it's Mission Mifin, Ketusa, I am myself, who are you? Like, do you know what I mean? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. I can see alliances forming, and that's absolutely. <laughs> right. I've got Irish heritage. I, trans I translate for you, and you're a Welsh cousin. Yeah. Come on. Um, but it's a saying, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's true. It's like I, I can only be myself. That's who I'm best at. That's what I've got to work with. You yeah. Know? So no, I, I always want to try and be myself. So yeah. Because uh, can you imagine me trying to come on and do someone else being someone else? I was out last night with a couple of the lads. You know. Oh my god, I would love to see that. Oh, do you know what? As I said it, I was like, shall I do that one of the days? That'd be great. Do it tonight with Tom Allen. Yeah. 
You'd be like, this is not why we booked you. <laughs> the trouble with women is, you imagine, <laughs> they're too fabulous. I love that. I'm pretending You've to have a mic. Yeah, and you have the mic. I like how you're gripping it. But I think, it's yeah, I always kind of grip it. Like, I think, I think though, the goal for, because I, I, I did radio before the comedy and they used to say that on radio, like the goal is to become yourself. But actually it takes people quite a while to right. become themselves because for some reason, most people want to pretend they're someone they're not. Right. And it takes a while. But you, right. you've come straight out being yourself. Like that's Do you know what, though? I, I love this praise. And I'll be recording this. Mm. Well, it's recorded. That's how it does work, actually. Uh, but the thing is, there's been work in this. It's not just yeah. come out, ding. He's a bamboo. Yeah, I know. That that I'm a bamboo. bamboo. I'm a bamboo. Because, up. like, I, I've, in many ways, I'm on the fringes. You know, like, I'm a gay man, but I'm a fat gay. I'm mixed race, but I can kind of pass for white. I'm, I'm too light to be Indian. But in Cavan, in my mum's hometown, I'm, I'm too dark. People say, there's a little something there. Where are you from, Richard? Yeah. No, all of those areas. I was always kind of the fringes. But Newsflash, I love that attention. Yeah. yeah. Excuse yeah. me, I'm over here in the fringes. Yeah. You mind? Yeah. And I like that. And I was trying to find my place where I belong. I mean, I stood out where I grew up at Council State in Harrow. I obviously stood out massively. I wasn't prepared to pretend to be someone else. I wanted to ride my He Man figures into battle on their My Little Pony. Do you know what I mean? Oh, did you actually do that? I did actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> that <is> perfect. <laughs> perfect symbol of you. But some of my mates would Alpha change Puff. their accent outside of the house. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did that on Tuesday. I'm coming, mum. I just be like, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to be myself. And. Uh, and work towards being, the trick is to work towards being comfortable being yourself. Because I wasn't for, for many years. I was like, especially like in dating, I was like, oh, I'm not masculine enough. or I'm not this enough. or I'm not that enough. But eventually you go, girl, this is what you've got. The These are the ingredients you've got. This is the what you can cook. Deal with it. Mm. And then you have to. And then you hope that that lands with some people. The lighting is low enough for them to connect to you, you know. Mm. But you have to kind of, it wasn't fully formed. You have to work on it. And it's ever evolving. But what I will say is, in my continuing the analogy, in my store cupboard, I did have some great ingredients to work with. You know, that's quite an interesting mix, being Irish and Indian and gay. And love that. Um, I feel like you just said stool cupboard. Store cupboard. Oh, store, store cupboard. Store okay. pantry. Toolkit. Store cupboard. Got it. Pantry. pantry. Okay. Pantry. Um, yeah, and I think some of those values I was just brought up by my mum. So I think some of those values, like being true to yourself, being real, yeah. knowing yourself. And was there any performers in your family? Your, no, your mother was a bit I, of a hippie? or I stand out so much in my family. People always think like... <gasps> I've seen your mum dancing. Yeah, that's different <laughs> though. Sometimes we just got rhythm, Francis. <laughs> I can't speak for Welsh people. Oh. <laughs> I can. My ex was Welsh. They've got rhythm. Um, <laughs> know it. Back in the game, Francis. Back in the game. <laughs> like the roller coaster. <laughs> no, no. So not singers, not 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 actors, not extroverts, not. In fact, my family do a lot of this thing. Like even at a table for dinner, Dane, tell her I'll have a side order of mayo, please. I'm like, Mum, why don't you tell her? Because the waitress is here. I'm like the ambassador for the, for the family. Well, I mean, you would pick him, wouldn't you? Oh <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, family, yeah. I'd be like Dane. <laughs> and and like my family are into being Irish, like my mum really is, but not in the way that I am. Like from a young age, I think I was walking across the room. And we were at, back home in Cavan and I, I heard a trad singer and I stopped and I literally cried and something just connected with me. And th there's no way my family would be into singing, but I would go to sessions. So when I came out at um, uh, 19, my mum said, son, save some money and I'll match it. And I saved a grand and then she gave me a grand. So two grand. Maths, guys. Now, you know, I'm half Asian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she said, travel around Ireland for three months, hitchhike around Ireland, go and visit all the folk festivals and come to peace with yourself. Not the traditional place you think of when you come out as a gay man, is no. it? Yeah. Like County Clare and Kerry. However, I had the best summer of my life. Of course, I journaled, so I've got my notes. But I had the best summer traveling around Ireland for three months, meeting different people, lots of Americans, singing, dancing, getting drunk, getting locked out of hostels, breaking back into that hostel, just all finding myself, kind of coming to peace with myself. And I think that really shaped who I am. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely the only one in the family that is different like that. I mean, they love that I'm like that and they're happy being who they are. But like, um, yeah, they'll push me forward if there's a singing thing or anything like that, or Dane will do that. So um, I love that. That's, that's like a gay Ulysses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that gay Ulysses. Yeah. And did you do that travel b by yourself? I started out by myself, Self, yeah. yeah. And uh, along the way, uh, in a beautiful town called Kilkee in, in Clare. I know Kilkee, by the coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. they have a really good festival near, near t nearby in Milltown Malby. The woman was, she was a bit of a nicey bitch. And there was a sign on the door saying, do not come back after nine, you will be locked out. <laughs> 9 <laughs> and I was like, 9 p.m. Mm. So me and this American girl got talking and we both came home a little late. We came home at 11 p.m. Scandal! <laughs> and uh, we got locked out. She wouldn't let us back in. What? So me and the girl had to spend the night on the beach, just talking and chatting and giggling and laughing. We visited the eight till late shop. Unfortunately, that sat, sat um, shut at 7.30, so that was no good. <laughs> oh, no. We spent the whole night drinking and eating on the beach and stuff and become best friends and then travelled together around oh, the rest of Ireland then okay. doing that. And, and she's still my best friend now. And oh, so they're quite rural places. Was there any homophobia? Not one bit. That's one very bit. fascinating, isn't it? Because... Yeah, I won't say this about myself because it'd be cocky. So let's imagine there's someone called Maine Dutley. <laughs> <laughs> I... I didn't realize about this my, uh, about myself and because I, I don't really see myself in the way others do. Just a shy girl from the hills. <laughs> <laughs> in my sleep. No, uh, I don't really see myself the way others do, but it had been said so many times to me that I'm a tonic. People say, sure, Dane's a tonic. Mm -hmm. Dane's a tonic. I'm feeling down. Bring Dane around. Bring Dane into the room. And even the older people that I worked with, they would used to say, you're like a wee globe of light coming into the room. And I was like, oh, my God, Galadriel much? Really oh, yeah. yeah. But I love that energy. And I didn't realize, I think if you come in with good kind of intentions and, and you're just bringing happiness, um, people are forgiving of other things. Right. But I will say, and also I sometimes, okay, here, I'll, we'll go to the, to the day center stuff because it's linked to Ireland. My first day, I was so worried about like working with 200 older Catholic people. Do you know, like 30 of them traveled back to Ireland to vote for gay marriage on my behalf. We had such a powerful connection. Oh. And so actually, and I was ready to assume they'd have an issue with me, but they absolutely didn't. They loved me. Ideally, they wanted me to have a boyfriend who was not a Protestant. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've I got can to work make some <laughs> I can work with that. Oh. Uh, and I have never dated a Protestant because generally they're not allowed in sunlight, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I joke. They probably are some. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, I, what was I saying? Um, but you center. are a ray of light and they're forgiving of you oh, in Ireland for being gay. I'm trying to hold on. I always track. thought that rural Ireland was quite open-minded, but I, I wondered, was I just being biased? I thought it is. I always felt it was an open-minded place. Is. I think people here in England project, oh, and I, because so many people say to me, oh, yeah. it must be harder for an Irish family. Yeah. And I say, how dare you? My mum would fight a lion for me and always, always, always has and would not accept anyone being treated badly. And all of my family are like that. Um, all of them went and voted for the gears when they could on the day that it opened, yeah. you know, for the referendum. And no, they would all absolutely stand up. And I've discovered that in 
in the west of Ireland, in the west of Ireland. In the west. Yeah. I will say though, if you also can bring to the table a great ballad like Orosha de Vachoalia, they're forgiving of other things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So, and and they're kind of quiet, sleepy places. So someone which they'd love someone like you. And they'd be talking about you for weeks. After. Yeah, yeah. We had this fella. Oh God, we had this fella from London come over. He sang us a song. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> word spread of me before I arrived. Oh wow! I went. I was on the Aran Islands and I was on the little one. And by the time I got to Inishmore, the big one, they said we had word of you coming. And like I was invited to this local party. This kitty had she was having her 99th birthday party. I was invited because they knew I was coming. And I was like, oh my God, this is before TikTok. But I had my own. Following. You, you know there's a book called uh, Hitchhiking Around Ireland with a fridge. I do. I've have read you, it. Have yeah, you read this book? This, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Do you know what though? The way I sum it up is a few years ago I was in Listenvana and they had something called the Outing, uh, like a gay matchmaking festival because you know Listenvana has As the, the match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this old man said to me, Dane, it's about being a part of, not part from. And I thought, <coughs> sorry, my voice cracked like it's getting emotional. Oh, it's just a lot to cry. <coughs> it's about being a part of, not apart from. And I thought that was really special and a really good mindset. Uh, mind, what's the word? Mindset. Mindset. There we go. Mindset. A really good mindset about like how to handle like being different and mixing with people. And it is about joining and not feeling like different from. So. I always go with the assumption that everyone will be fine with me, and generally they are. Like, generally, I've yeah, never yeah. had anything really very homophobic directed mm. towards me. I love the idea of that shield. I need to learn how to do that. Also, I really want to hear about your um, job with the, uh, what was it? The London Irish Centre. But I don't think we have time. I want, because it's an hour, right? Yeah. I want to know what is next for Dane Buckley. What are your dreams? Obviously writing in the future when you're retired, but like right now, what is next? Continue doing comedy. I love comedy 100%. I do currently run a support service for LGBT refugees, and that's important to me, but comedy wow. is my, my guiding light. Um, just continue to get better, continue to grow, continue to do good gigs, and and um, yeah, I think work to a 20, work to a whip, have a, maybe a split show next year in Edinburgh, uh, writing, perhaps a sitcom. Yes. Uh, I, I, I won't name it, but a, a, a TV show got in touch, would like to see me Ooh. maybe for auditions. But if I can do a clean set, we'll call it Mickle's Got Talent. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, nice. But yeah, so you just do what you can, get yeah. out there. But also, like, you reach a certain age and you don't meet many new friends. That suddenly, I'm doing comedy and I've got so many soulmates that I found or people yeah. you just check yeah. in with. And oh, that's, God, yeah. I'm going to write about that a little bit like that from a well-being point of view because it's quite special. We're not qualified in that, but people come together and support. Yeah. That's really quite special. So I'm going to, I think, do a little article for Chortle about that and stuff like that. And maybe a recipe book. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'd love to see you in like a Hollywood movie like The Greatest Showman or something like oh, that. Can you imagine Dane leading a movie I would like love that? To that, see that would be. Oh, oh. <laughs> I would love yeah, to. Yeah, you like sitting on people's laps, being like Linda. That's a strange name. Yeah, you're perfect. I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be. You hilarious. know what it's like. I mean, it's addictive, isn't it, to make a room happy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the same way, that it's soul destroying when there's two and a half people in a in a pub in like Borstal and one of those people leaves halfway through. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine, <laughs> <laughs> but it can't. Yeah, it, but it it changes so much because you do go. You definitely go through peaks and troughs. There are yeah. times where like yeah. it can. Sometimes you like it gets yeah. a bit overwhelmed. But and then you have the, to have a good head on you. Like, but then the next time you could be talking to ten people and suddenly there's some kind of yeah. alchemy. 
yeah. there's some kind of connection between yeah. everyone and you're suddenly yeah. walking on air afterwards. You know, there was one time I was I was a bit of a woman on the edge and my head was getting to me a little bit because it's changing at night in, night out and you start to question yourself. And Sakisa, bless her, sent me some lovely messages. At 2am I was messaging her saying, oh my God, my, 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 my. and she said, hon, it's a marathon, not a race. Yeah, and yeah. that just clicked something in me. And I was like, oh, absolutely calm down i'm i'm doing so well and the time i've been going i haven't even going a year and the opportunities i'm getting given i'm opening for tom allen tonight do you know what i mean that blows my mind yeah. this time last year i was reading his book imagining what it would be like to do comedy one day um but it's a marathon it's it's not a race and you need to look after yourself that's absolutely 100 yeah, yeah. And you need to keep it funny <laughs> kids yeah and i think too if you if you if you overdo it and you get burnt out you, you, you you're not going to be funny no. you're not going to think of anything funny if you're no. stressed out yeah. and and like little ways to look after yourself and have breaks every now and then like i live in ken i couldn't do the all the bringer spots so yeah. i had to find other ways around it i would recruit members of the public hello janine you look nice like come here you're my bringer. Do you know what I mean? Or but you you should be doing counselling for all the people who get you know to get ag agitated by comedy. Like you should be yeah. doing. I do because you have exactly the right. You've the perfect mindset for this. I do get a lot of messages from young queer comedians that are nervous, and they and now I've got like a a, a monologue. I'm quite good at them. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> <but. laughs> I haven't spoken in three hours, guys. <laughs> and neither should you. I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't touch me, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> Join us next week when Dane will be interviewing me. That can absolutely be arranged. That can absolutely be arranged. I don't think he's interested, <laughs> but um Oh, opening for Tom We've Allen. been in competition <laughs> together, we've been in finals together, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. What final were you in together? Um Max Turner. Oh no, Max yes. Turner. Burlesque dancer of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I was the token man. Um, I think, yeah, we, we that was at the beginning of both. Yeah, of it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? How long do we have? I like to do a clear narrative. It's, uh, it's now. Few, five oh, minutes, oh, five oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, we started a little bit. I began on a cold, wintry night in 1865. <laughs> I, um, I was just going to say, well, no, it's more, it's more a thing to end on, but okay, I'll break the rules. I was just going to say that good people find good people, like like knows like, you know mm. what I mean? And I really think that's true. So the communities you kind of, the circles you find on the circuit are really, really yeah. important. And also just being real, like also, like it's not good enough to boast and say, I did this, I did this. Also name your fears. Oh God, this happened tonight. I'm worried about this, this, this. And that's okay. The sky won't fall down if you start those conversations. But, but I feel like not everyone wants to or they're scared to, but you have to show your vulnerable side. There was a version of me in the beginning that was like, oh my God, I'm, you know, face of a Greek God, body of Turkish delight. In my headshots, I'll just show my yeah. face at that angle that looks hot. And someone was like, girl, this isn't Tinder. Don't yeah. worry about looking hot. Worry about being funny and being real. And I was like, something, a veil moved for me. I was like, it doesn't matter how I look. I don't need to worry about that. Just be real, be funny. And sometimes to be vulnerable and funny, you have to be a bit ugly. Do you know what I mean? You have to have a tit hanging out or you have to have, for the joke, mm. I'm sure you well, can. It, well, it, there's certainly, if you if you want to win over a green room, the best thing to do is tell a story about how you did terrible at a gig. And suddenly right. everyone's like, really likes yeah, you. I don't yeah, I yeah. know. How you did what, sorry? <laughs> 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 it's, never it's never happened to you. You'll just have to make one up, Dave. You, you so can make sorry, one up. Make gets, one up. Get them on side. <laughs> <laughs> my story. But it's unbelievable. Like it's it's so true. Like you, once someone starts, once that story right. start happening, of everyone going, "Oh, I did this gig and it was horrific," then everybody yeah. really bonds over that. It's amazing. Do you know what? The, people assume I'm going to be a diva, and the thing is, I will be in the comedy store green room. 
and I will demand proper milk for my tea, but I'll also be that bitch that's scrubbing the toilet because it's filthy. Do you know what I mean? In, so you in, have to, in the comedy store. You've stories. done that. <laughs> I've done that. What? Have you seen the toilet in the green I room? I have. But it was would, spotless. Would you, would you shower in there, would oh, you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tic tac and a wet wipe. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably spotless, hun, because of these fucking hands. Oh. Scrubbing away. When I went in there, it was like a scene from Drag Me to Hell. Honestly. Oh, God. God. That's who else is on that? Who was on that film? Pretty Patel. It was the beach gig. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, this has been That's delicious. Good. It's not over yet. Let's get our full money's worth. How long do we have? Three minutes? Three minutes. So any final uh, words before we finish up, Francis? Um, I, can, I can do my London Irish speech in a minute. London Irish speech? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear about this. So it's my most favourite job I've ever had, apart mm. from comedy, and maybe um, my original serial, Riot Puff. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run a day centre uh, for 200 Irish pensioners, London Irish Centre. It's funded by the Irish government. So it, 200 Irish pensioners would come for lunch, exercise class, uh, yoga, maths, computers, sing-alongs, and then we'd also do day trips and holidays. And it was just me, support workers, and 200 of these people. 70% were women from all over Ireland. Of course, the Cavan people were my favorite, but also Irish speakers as well. And I was there for eight years, and it was the best job I ever, ever had. And I had to leave it because I would never have done comedy had I not left it because it was my world. I mean... It was good work, but it would take over your work because right. you're not going to turn your phone off to Moira who's dying and needs to chat to you. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God, no. But the carry on and the laughter was insane. You know what older mm. Irish women are like and the carry and the life they've seen coming over in the 50s, 60s, 70s. But they would have to teach me like the Siege of Venice for a dance, like bringing 60 pensioners to Paris. The, the playing, we played Knockdown Ginger in the hotel. They call it something different in Ireland, don't they? What's Knockdown Ginger? It's when you knock a door and then you run away. Oh, well, there's two bells. Fast is one name for it. Yeah. And then, um, I can't remember what the other but name anyway, is. Anyway, doing that with like 60 pensioners in the hotel, honestly. So cheeky, I love And it was them that said to me, they said to me, there was my uh, Anne, who was 86, and she was such a fag hag, she was such a character. She said to me, promise me one thing, when I leave this world, you will go and pursue comedy because you're made for it. And um, I, oh, I will get a bit much. Oh. I have, um, once she passed away, I did go and pursue comedy then because that was the deal I'd made. Oh my God, my eyes are going to look green. <laughs> that was amazing. You're yeah. my favorite type because I think comedians should be morale boosters. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. Now there's, people do comedy for lots of different reasons and they've got different objectives. But I think comedians should be morale boosters because I think that's what we need. We need so. morale boosters. And, and you're that. An, uh, you're that, yeah. I think so, maybe. In terms of the Irish people, the storytellers of society, like, in Ireland, like bars were held up high in society because they kept it together. The storytellers, the jokers, and there is an important part in society, isn't it? Oh my yeah. god, I got so deep oh. and honest at the end. Mm. Great stuff, guys. Francis, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. Lovely to uh, end by speaking. Yeah, <laughs> this no, has been no, lovely. That was lovely. Though, it was really honestly. beautiful to speak. It's very inspiring, honestly. Oh, thank you. And I will. Can I be a guest host one time? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Francis. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should do that. I think we should arrange and do. I'll only need the five minutes. minutes yeah, <laughs> half an hour is enough. Yeah. Do the opposite. But this has been Tom and Jack having the crack without Tom. He's, he's still in L.A. And thanks again for Francis Keaton. Wonderful guest. And for um, superstar of the future, Dane Buckley, if, if not even superstar of now. And Bye. best of luck with Tom Allen tonight. Dane. Thank you. Slána Walia. Slána Walia. And thanks to Lucas on the ones and twos. Thank you so much. Jesus, lads, I am sweating like a can't